0: It's time for The Drive's Top 4 at 4. All right,
1: welcome back. Hour number two of The Drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. We're live this afternoon at National RX in Farragut. We send things back now to the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Standing by with today's Top 4 at 4. Marcus Young, what do you got?
2: Thank you, Russell. At number one. Tennessee's quarterback, Taven Jackson, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Jackson, uh, a former four-star, was a member of the Tennessee's 2022 signing class. Saw some slight action last year against UT Martin before injuring his shoulder. Hopefully, uh, he's able to find a a home for himself, wherever that may be.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, for Tennessee, it presents uh a... Pretty challenging roster situation for Josh Heupel heading into year three here as he has just Joe Milton as the presumed starter and, of course, five-star freshman Nico Iyama-Lealva behind him. And, And that is it as far as scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Certainly they will be trying to add somebody here this year before the season starts, and that will be a story I'm sure
2: we'll be following for the foreseeable future. At number two. Kentucky versus Tennessee tomorrow at noon on ESPN. The game will be played at Thompson Bowling Arena. The number five men's basketball team will be honoring number five, Chris Lofton, at halftime.
1: Lofton did have a 31 point game, I believe, in 2007 at Rupp Arena was his biggest scoring output. I'm seeing an article. uh, This is from the KSR website that says he averaged 18 points in his games against Kentucky. There's no way that's correct. No way.
3: Why would it not be? It's got to be more.
1: I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe he didn't score much his freshman year in those two games. You may have pulled his average down a little bit. You think maybe? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it sounds silly to think eighteen points a game is low against Kentucky, but I just feel like he it had to have been over twenty. I don't know. Maybe it is eighteen. I mean, he, he took it. He took it personal. Torched him.
2: Yeah. At number three, we have NFL this weekend. The Wild Card weekend begins on Saturday. We'll have the CLC Hawks facing against San Francisco. Later that night, you'll have the L.A. Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, news from that is that Mike Williams will be out. Looks like he's going to miss two to three weeks with a back fracture. No need Broken for back. surgery. Uh, he needs a backyotomy. Pleasant. Sounds like Batman, if you ask me. Uh, Then on Sunday, you have the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. News coming out of there is that Skylar Thompson, the third-string quarterback, has been named the starter for that game. Later on Sunday, you also have the Giants versus Minnesota and Baltimore versus Cincinnati. And it looks like Lamar Jackson will not be playing in that game either. No, he's out. I would like
1: to thank the Ravens and Dolphins for participating in the NFL playoffs this year. You may collect your prizes and go home.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, not going to be looking good for those teams. Uh, and finally, at number four, it's been reported that Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding is leaving for the same position at Ole Miss. Mm. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Golding,
2: uh, 38, was considered one of the top up-and-coming assistant coaches in football. But I'm going to be honest with you: some of the comments reading about this seems that a lot of people are okay with this. That apparently, saving. Well, yeah, uh,
3: they wanted to fire him in the middle of the season, dude.
2: They definitely wanted rid of him after that Tennessee game. Well, he'll be tasked with rebuilding an Ole Miss defense that fell to number 75 in total defense and number 57 in scoring defense under partridge so we'll we'll see it, i always feel weird about these lateral moves i mean from coordinator position especially in the that same ain't a lateral move that's a step that's down a, brother yeah. <laughs> well i mean big going step down. well well i i guess when it comes to positional roles like i i would have figured you know you're going from the that's a huge step down well they did you know
3: they don't want them so i guess you There's know, no point in arguing. i'm just telling you Russ, is telling you to no, yeah that's i mean a huge that was, step down bro
1: that was um that was Sabin saying you go I mean, that's what they do man they say hey you know it's it's not working out here we're, we're not going to fire you but go ahead and find another job and you know they they obviously want to upgrade and I, <laughs> it's strange that he golding is an upgrade for for old Miss but obviously the standards that those two programs are are different so interesting i saw where uh, clemson's got a new oc today as well yeah garrett riley
3: is that lincoln riley's brother
1: no let me look that up is that it marcus
2: yeah that was for thank you sir got some sad news
3: today russ what's that uh robbie knievel son of evil knievel passed away this morning after a Long battle with pancreatic cancer.
1: Oh. I was going to say that's actually uh, surprising. That usually the Knievels, like if I were guessing how one of those guys was going to die, would surprising Africa causes would be far down towards the bottom of the list.
3: Yeah, but neither one of them, uh, neither one of them, died from their chosen
1: profession. No, it's, it's good for them. All right, uh Top 44 four brought to you this afternoon by National Rx. It's where we are today as we are every Friday here on Fan Run Radio getting your weekend started off. Told you an hour now we're going to tell you again about the board certified nurse practitioner who's taken an office here at National Rx and you can come and visit her and talk to her about a variety of things. Of course, a lot of folks asking about the sildenafil 50 cent a tablet deal that they have here for our listeners exclusively here on the drive. And you do have to have a prescription, of course, for sildenafil. You can get that done right here at National Rx. Now, you can come see uh, Miss Amy, who's starting here. She's got an office right off to the side here at National Rx. And you can get your sildenafil prescription there and then get it filled here. So you don't have to go to the doctor and then come over here. You can get it all done at the same place National Rx in Farragut. We're at 11134 Kingston Pike, as always. Check out nationalrx.com for more information there. And Amy is going to be helping with a lot of different things. She's going to be doing uh, B12 energy shots that you can get done right here as well. Uh, she's going to be working with neuropathy patients. So if you've got uh, back pain, nerve pain, things like that, she can help here too. Uh, stop by. She's going to be here on Fridays from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. Walk-ins are welcome, so you don't even have to have an appointment. Just walk in here and say, Hey, Amy, I heard Russell talking about you on Fan Run, and I wanted to see if I could get one of those B12 shots or a Sildenafil prescription. They can do that for you right here at National Law Rex, your one-stop shop for men's health in West Knoxville. Coming up here in just a few minutes, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is going to join. He has Tennessee ranked number five in his way-too-early 2023 top 25 college football poll. I've always said Bill Bender, an astute college football observer. Guy knows what he's talking about. That's what I've always said, Bear. Haven't I always said that? Yes, you have, Russell. That's what I've always said. Let's get Will in here on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Will.
4: Hey, guys. Uh, enjoying the conversation today about Chris Lofton. And I love when something like this comes up where you retire to Jersey and all these old stories uh, start coming up. I was just going to ask you all if you'd seen the thing that Steve Forbes uh, put out, you know, the old uh, assistant coach who's now at WIG. Mm-hmm. Did you did you catch that on Twitter, what he put about uh, Lofton?
1: Yeah. Yeah, somebody sent that to me. That's, he's a class act, Forbes, he is.
4: Yeah, I just thought that was awesome that basically how under wraps he kept uh, his cancer treatment in his senior year. He could have medically redshirted but uh, kind of wanted to stick it out and finish with the guys he came in with. I just think that's – it just further cements he's he's one of the all-time favorites. And that interview you guys did with him, I guess yesterday or the day before, was was really awesome. Um, but, yeah, you, you were talking about the number five uh, – and I, I guess I I'm the opposite of you. The the numbers stick with me. You mentioned some of the good ones we've had, but uh, Jarnell Stokes didn't come up. I mean, the lot and Josiah wore number five before he switched. So the list of dogs is long when it comes to number five in Tennessee hoops.
1: I, I thought I remember Josiah wearing number five. So he he switched. He's thirty now, right?
4: Yeah, I don't know the story behind that. I don't know, and I can't remember if it was for Ziegler or not but um yeah he he was five at least his freshman
1: sophomore year so and Stokes were it too huh
4: yeah yeah he uh he was kind of the first one at least that I can remember it basically went straight i mean there could have been gaps in here but straight from Stokes to Jarnell to or sorry Stokes to Admiral to Josiah to um uh Ziegler now so it's been it's been a uh it's got some pretty good juju on it that's for sure no doubt yeah senko um yeah absolutely um and then for the the football conversation I want to switch real quick are you all optimistic at all that we'll be able to get anybody to come in and agree to be a quarterback in our system with basically a cemented starter and then kind of a a very very optimistic future outlook with Nico. Does anybody transfer knowing they're going to sit on the pine?
1: I think they get somebody, it's just, you know, how good is he going to be. <laughs> uh I don't I don't think they're going to get somebody. I mean, there there's just not much of a chance to come in and compete for the job next year.
3: I mean, they they're not going to get a start like an SEC caliber starter. No. I don't yeah, see that I see
4: I don't think so at all and it, really frankly we don't need it um, but it's just an interesting it's kind of like being a GM now It's just so interesting how they're going to have to put this together and what it does to your quarterback class when you sign a guy like Nico I mean there's going to be probably really struggle to get one in the, the following year this this coming
1: year are they yeah
4: do you know anything yeah. on that uh, 24 no, I mean, but that that's
1: that's an excellent point Will because yeah I mean that's if from what I've seen so far, is they are struggling to get any traction with any 2024 QBs, because, I mean, who's especially if Nico, if if Milton goes through the entire season as a starter and Nico's able to, you know, only appear in four or five games and and keep his redshirt year, you're going to come in as a true freshman competing with redshirt freshman Nico, then you might say, well. He'll only be, he'll start for two years and then he'll go to the league. Well, we don't know that. I mean, that's a heck of a gamble to to make if you're a high school quarterback coming in and uh, you you just don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I I mean, you want the great quarterback prospect, right? Nobody's like turning away Nico. You got to take a player when, like that, when you get the opportunity to, but it is going to make it difficult to recruit behind him. We get, uh, maybe get
3: Harrison Bailey back, boys.
1: <laughs> bring him home hey if if j if dion ran off jt shroud because he's bringing in his kid you bring jt home i don't see
3: why not
4: yeah you know i i uh i attended the air force versus colorado game earlier this season and i uh, got another in-person look at jt shroud uh i'd probably go a different direction that's just me oh but I don't know. I mean, yeah, he,
5: he struggled that day. It was cold,
4: but, uh, yeah, he struggled. Um, yeah, it is interesting thinking about these guys possibly maybe coming back. Is, it, is there any precedent for that? And the one that made me think about it is uh, Drew Pimbers having a really nice career at UNC Asheville. If he'd be kind of like a Tyreek Key guy who might come back as a grad and play a year, do you think that's something that might happen? No. Interesting.
1: You don't think so, Bear? No
4: way. I guess not necessarily with him, but, but guys who just can't quite cut it, but they're local or whatever.
1: Didn't uh, Bennett, Is Stetson Bennett, didn't he do something like that? Didn't he walk on at Georgia, yeah, go somewhere he else, GKO, and then come back? And then he came back, yeah.
4: Just kind of adds to that kid's lore, as much as I can't stand him. he uh, He cemented his legacy. There's no question about it. Uh, anyway, but uh, I guess put me in the camp tomorrow. I really think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, I would have felt a lot better about it if they had somehow squeaked out a little two-to-three-point victory over South Carolina. And they, you know, I just have this vision that they might be kind of throwing out the whole playbook right now. And I expect it to be chippy, aggressive. And I would assume Ch- Cal spent the whole week kind of challenging their manhood, which makes me a little leery about. You know, you get a bad whistle if they're gonna let him play. Just
1: a lot it just makes me nervous. It's still Kentucky, I guess. I feel you. I feel you. All right, appreciate Go you. In guys. There and, uh, and take care of business tomorrow, Will. Thank you, man. Great phone call. Appreciate you. Let's get Phil in here next, and we'll break it down and get Bill Bender on. Phil, What's up, uh, Phil?
3: Uh, Phil dropped.
1: Oh. We have been rendered fillless this afternoon on the show. 865-546-82 zero zero yeah, I love uh, seeing that note from Steve Forbes paying his respects to Chris Lofton. Forbes he's got Wake Forest 11 and five after they went 20 and 10 last year. I mean he's he's a guy that whenever Barnes hangs it up which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon but you know five years so down the road. Steve Forbes will have been coach at Wake Forest for seven or eight years, and if he's been successful, he's definitely a guy I'm talking to if I am the Athletics Director at Tennessee making that hire. Certainly. 100%. You've got the former Barnes assistants out there now with uh, Kim English and Mike Schwartz, Des Oliver leading their own programs. I think that those guys. Uh,
3: if the job came open, I, I kind of feel like uh, Danny White's uh, desk would be filled with resumes. And Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll have a hard time finding applicants.
1: Uh, and he's shown an ability to hire a basketball coach. You look through his track record, hiring Bob, Bob Hurley and Nate Oates. Uh, Nate Oates.
3: Got a pretty good track record. Didn't he hire Lance Leopold, too? And Josh Heupel?
1: Yes. Hired heard Heupel twice.
3: Yeah. Seems to have worked out for us pretty dang good.
1: Stay with us. The drive continues. We will get Bill Bender from the Sporting News in here with us when we continue. It is the drive, live this afternoon at National Rx. Quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. Fan Radio, The Drive continues live today at National Rx and Farragut. Russell, Bear, and Marcus cruising with you here on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. And time to go on a Bender with Bill. Bill Bender of the Sporting News joining us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Bill. How are you, sir?
5: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on.
1: Hey, thanks for jumping on. It's been a while. Wanted to get you on. Uh, You caught my eye earlier this week. I was reading some of these way too early top 25 polls for going into next year. And I believe you had one that had Tennessee ranked fifth heading into 2023. I think that was high,
5: man. I looked across like 10, 11 of them myself because I like kind of like look to see what everybody else is thinking. And, you know, everybody else has them a little bit lower. Um, I think the offense will still score a bunch of points. I think Joe Milton showed he can play. I mean, they got Nico behind him. I'm sure there's going to be some impatience there. But, you know, what I saw at the Orange Bowl was a team that, even though they didn't have Hyatt and Hooker and Tellman, they still were able to put up points against an elite school in Clemson.
1: Bill, I know we've had you on many times through the years. I'm just wondering, I've uh, forgotten, what were your initial impressions of josh heupel when when he got the job were you underwhelmed by that hire thought it was average or did you think it would turn out to be pretty good
5: i don't think i had an opinion one way or the other and i know that's my job but i just kind of wait and see i knew it was danny white's guy obviously and, and he felt comfortable with him and i know there was some consternation about that but the one thing i did know that he knew offense and he knew quarterbacks from ucf if you look at the quarterback's numbers from that and look what happened with hendon hooker this year where he doesn't get hurt and i still think he should have been in new york even though he did get hurt um and, and you're seeing the development with joe milton i watched him at michigan it it wasn't like this i mean he looked like a guy that's probably going to get a shot at the nfl the way he played in that orange bowl
1: yeah i mean that's a, a big surprise i'm sure there are a lot of michigan fans uh, saying who is that guy watching the orange bowl but some interesting things going on up there too i want to talk about that coming up here just a second but uh get back to those top 25 polls bill and obviously it's 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 uh this is just good talk radio fodder still a long way to go obviously before we get into next year um who who else are the favorites at the top of the poll as you see it
5: well i kind of looked through the top 10 for everybody and it turned up the top five that looked like this i mean georgia that's not rocket science, that they were ranked number one across the board. Uh, Michigan was two, Alabama three. I had Alabama two, Michigan three, and then Ohio State at four. And there's some rumors going around about C.J. Stroud and whether or not he's going to go to the NFL. I mean, I think he should go while his stock is high. Um, But with the news that Brian Hartline's the new offensive coordinator, Ohio State will be in the top five as well. So those those four schools that really – Could have been in the playoff this year. Um, All should be right back where they came from next year. They're all going to be very good.
1: You know, you mentioned Georgia getting a lot of love to be up at the top again next year, even losing their quarterback. And uh, Stetson Bennett has been such a lightning rod figure as far as you either love him or you hate him. And you can't deny the guy is a winner, Bill, and I thought he played very well surprisingly well uh in that championship game against tcu what is your impression of him now that his career is over
5: yeah he's gonna get a shot at the next level too i mean obviously there's a lot made about his age and how long he's been there and all the memes are out there but at the end of the day two-time national champion probably going to be the most beloved quarterback in georgia history and uh i think he threw the ball made some great throws that you know you look. You see those made on Sunday, uh, particularly the one to Brock Bowers there near the end of the first half. So I have no issues with Seth and Bennett. I think he's going to go down in history and all those things. And, you know, the other guys that have won two in my lifetime, Liner, Frazier, AJ McCarron, none of those guys had really great NFL careers either. But at the college level, I don't think the Georgia fans are going to care
1: bill bender of the sporting news with us this afternoon on the big orange phillies phone lines bill it sounds like next year will be the last year of the 14 playoff before they expand to 12 going forward will you be nostalgic for the days of the 14 playoff or are you ready to see this thing expand i
6: mean i
5: can go either way um i just want to see the best teams get into the playoff. The best teams play in the the final game. I mean, obviously, we had a case where a lot of people were with some pushback about TCU and that they didn't belong in the championship game. But you can't argue that they've won their semifinal game. So, you know, it's not. Uh, I saw I think it was Josh Pate was uh, texting. It's not Netflix, right? They, they it's a reality TV show essentially where somebody has to win these games. So but you want the best matchups. And I guess the drawback is a lot of people were saying, well, what about Alabama and Tennessee? Would they, they would have played Georgia tougher in that spot, and they're probably right.
1: Bill Bender, Sporting News, with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. All right, Bill, let's uh, get up there. And talk to me about Jim Harbaugh, and uh, I think people, uh, some of us around the country there who don't follow it on a day-to-day basis are starting to look at him as – the coach who cried wolf, you know, he's always talking about going back to the NFL. How real is the Harbaugh to the NFL talk this year?
5: This is a bizarre situation, I'm going to be honest with you, because I've never had a, you know, the the tweets from the university, the tweets off the, the university president are we're negotiating, we're working on a new contract, and yet I still think if one of these NFL teams offered, he'd probably take it. And it is just such a weird thing because he made it, so to speak. He got through the bottom, bottoming out the last two years. They've been dominant in the Big Ten. They figured out their biggest rival. Uh, they had a horrible performance in the Fiesta Bowl. Not horrible, just missed opportunity type performance. And, and now he's going back to the NFL. And the cry wolf analogy kind of works because you thought it was over. And yet here we are again in the same situation as last year.
1: Is he wildly popular up there at Michigan now? Having won back-to-back Big Ten championships, they haven't been able to get over the hump and translate in, it into a national championship. But I would think, just uh, looking at from a surface level, that Michigan fans would desperately want to keep him.
5: Oh, I mean, yeah, he's popular. He's you know program icon as a player. You know, uh, has finally beat Ohio State, like I said, and, and won back-to-back Big Ten championships. They haven't done that since the early 2000s. Yeah, they lost these playoff games, but they, they're they there, and they continue to build toward having something close to a national championship team. And for the next year, at least, they've got a pretty good quarterback. Um, best quarterback he's had, best quarterback Michigan's had in a long time. So um, it is surprising, all of the NFL stuff and the, the story about the violations that broke last week and, and the odd timing of that. It's just one of those deals where, a little bit of the momentum they've created for the second straight offseason.
1: So you think if he got an NFL offer, he would take it almost no matter what, what team it was.
0: Well,
5: that's predicting what Jim Harbaugh is going to do is impossible (laughs) for me to get inside his head. All right. So I'm going to be clear about that, but I mean, I would think he would be tempted for sure. No, whether it was the Broncos, the Colts, the, it sounds like the Panthers aren't going to go there. Um, but even the Raiders if that were to pop open, um, yeah, I, I think I've always used the line I said all the time: he's a better NFL coach than he is a college coach, but he's better for college than the NFL. And uh, I don't know how if that's as true as it was maybe three or four years ago, but um, still think it could
1: happen no doubt no doubt ryan uh bill bender with us here this afternoon i want to ask you about ryan day uh, his rival harbaugh's rival down there in columbus now here's a guy who man you talk about handed the keys to a ferrari and for the most part he's kept it between the ditches right i mean they put up huge numbers always in the top five made the playoff this year despite losing to michigan and yet it feels like the Ohio State fans up there, obviously, they're, they're a little spoiled, but uh, they want a little bit more. How is he viewed by the Buckeye fan base in Columbus? A little
5: spoiled. Huh? like How about a lot spoiled? Um, you know, they were talking about wanting him gone after the Michigan game, some of the fans. I mean, the guy's 45-6, and six, three playoff appearances, took Georgia to the limit, but that Michigan game means so much to so many people and and almost too much in some ways that you're seeing these programs. I I was having this conversation with some writers at the championship game about, you know, do these schools worry so much about each other that they forget that there's another trophy at the end. Um, In some ways that's true, but I think for Ohio state, the pressure point will be can they beat Michigan next year? They haven't lost three in a row. The Wolverines since 1995 to 97 and anybody that knows that history of this rivalry knows that, um, that that was one of the more painful chapters for Ohio State where they had great teams but they just couldn't beat Michigan
1: what do the people who want who wanted to fire Ryan Day after the Michigan game this year what, what do they want to see happen are they wanting to just bring Urban Meyer back or something
5: they want to beat Michigan. That's, that's my point, right? They just want to beat Michigan and by any means necessary. And, you know, urban. Yeah. And I actually had one of my friends called me and he said, you're not going to believe this. Billy said on a uh, Fox on the post game, these fans are chanting, we want urban. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird. But one of the things to keep in mind here is in a program like Ohio state, you, you're, you're paid to win those top five showdowns. And, randay's two and five against top five teams and i know they played georgia tough but they still lost uh urban was six and two against top five teams at, at ohio state and we you guys know that from when he was in the sec he was a for all his flaws he was a magnificent big game coach
1: no doubt about it can't you got to give the devil his due there bill uh, last thing for you, the big 10 we, we talk about Michigan and Ohio State all the time. I know Penn State has been pretty good, and you've got USC, UCLA coming into the league soon, but it's kind of viewed as a two-team league here lately. I guess you could make the same criticism of the SEC with uh, Alabama and Georgia here lately. Who are those schools that you're looking at that could potentially up their game and challenge Michigan and Ohio State for Big Ten supremacy?
5: Well, Penn State next year. Coming off the Rose Bowl win, all the success they've had as a program. Um definitely they just haven't been able to beat Michigan and Ohio State the last couple of years. They haven't beat Mich Ohio State since sixteen and they've lost the last three, two to Michigan. Um, you know, so I think here's one stat that that's kind of a separator, you know. see is ten and one in college football playoff semifinals. The Big Ten is two and seven. So That is the difference. I mean, both of these conferences are loaded with talent and teams and great coaches, but when it comes playoff team time, the SEC closes the door, and the Big Ten, unfortunately, as you saw this year, Ohio State-Michigan, golden opportunity to play each other in a title game, and they both lose. Until that changes, I think the narratives around these conferences will remain the same.
1: Well, I think getting back to Urban Meyer, I mean, that was part of that narrative there was he's bringing an SEC mentality to the Big Ten, and that certainly raised Ohio State's level. Harbaugh has raised uh, Michigan's level. So it seems like they're going to need some more, you know, just coaches who can raise the level. You've got, uh, you know, James Franklin has SEC experience, obviously, at Penn State. What do you think about Jim Leonard? Or or, I'm sorry, um, um, I'm blanking. Uh, Luke Fickle. Luke fickle at, thank you at Wisconsin. Uh, what is the ceiling for that program with him?
5: I really like that hire. I did. I I think he's going to freshen up a program that's kind of got stale on recruiting and the way they develop quarterbacks. I mean, the way he developed talent at Cincinnati was phenomenal. And I think he's going to bring all those lessons, his Midwest recruiting roots there. They're going to be good. USC is another one. Like I said, good, very good. But uh, I can't keep harping on it enough that I think right now the Big Ten has two programs capable of winning a national title, and that's Ohio State, Michigan. Does USC and Penn State and even Nebraska join that conversation, where as we're waking up and it's was it, January 13th today, I think going into next season you could make a strong argument for Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee could be national championship contenders. That's four teams in one conference. They're the only conference that has that.
1: Well, that is a note we can end on that will make Tennessee fans happy. Bill, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for jumping on. Excellent first appearance on the show for you this year. Hope the 2023 year is off to a good start for you.
5: Hey, thanks for working with me on my schedule. I appreciate you guys, and uh, looking forward to many more this year.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. That's Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Check him out on Twitter, at billbender ninety two. He appears, as all fan-run guests do, via the magic of the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies in halls. They'll have Tennessee basketball on tomorrow. They will have NFL playoffs on tomorrow night, all day Sunday. Of course, Monday night. Go on in there and check out a Fan Run sponsor. They've got great Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, great wings, burgers, cold beer, TVs everywhere, pool darts, karaoke, live music on the weekends. It's a great spot in Halls, 6625 Maynardville Pike, Big Orange Philly. So we're going to take a quick timeout right here. We'll come right back with more of The Drive after this. The- Welcome back. The drive continues fan run radio Coming to you live this afternoon at national law Rex in Farragut, bill Bender of the sporting news bear. What did you learn?
3: Uh, just the the deal with Harbaugh and you know, that he had, he had kind of bottomed out and I, I did find it interesting that he thinks he's a better NFL coach than he is a college coach, which I agree with. Um, just not sure how that's going to end
1: up there well if he goes to the nfl he's just one of 32 guys you know duking it out and uh you make know a he's, super bowl, he, though, he's just Russ. Want do what he did make a super bowl and damn near won it yeah but i mean what did it do for him you know, what did winning a Super Bowl do for Sean McVay? I'm, I'm sure he'll get another chance if, if this is it for him with the with the Rams and everything. My point is, he's an icon in college football, right? He's one of the best. He is. It's like the difference between Saban. Saban was just a guy in yeah. the NFL. But he's one of the all-time greats in the college game. And I, I think Harbaugh is he belongs in the college game. I, I would hate to see him leave there. I mean even though it would weaken Michigan and theoretically that could help uh Tennessee in, in some yeah. way. Like I just I, I think he's he fits there, man. He's supposed to be there, right?
3: Yeah. The only thing I'll say he was a lot better NFL coach than Saban ever thought about being.
1: Oh sure. I would agree for sure. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, 546-8200. If you want to chime in this afternoon, we go open lines the rest of the way. Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil. You're on the drive. What's up,
0: Philly? How are you, Baron? Uh, the Marcus Young. Though?
1: Doing very well. Thank you.
0: Good. Well, that's, that's. I got. We will start with Jim Harbaugh, I guess. Uh, if you put him in the SEC, what would he rank? Third best coach in the SEC. Kind of
1: depends on where he's at, right? Well, he'd be somewhere that has a chance of winning. Yeah. Um, third be- behind Kirby and Saban. Yeah. Man, I I don't know. Am I crazy, guys? Or I I just feel like if you plug him in at Georgia with that talent base, I mean, I I just feel like a great coach is always going to do really well there. And I feel like he could do as well as Kirby's been doing there. Am I crazy? Uh, A little bit because he has
3: a tendency to choke in big games.
0: Well, they do a lot of recruiting than South Michigan does and they've made a living here in the last two or three years of coming in Tennessee and taking some of the best players and taking them up there. So uh uh you put him down here while his town he'd probably get even more if he if he's in the SEC. Yeah,
1: I I think he would do very well. I mean like, I, I know I'm carrying water for him here, but, I mean, he's a weirdo. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He's a strange guy. He's not somebody that would be any fun to hang out with, I don't think. But I feel like he's a, a, a very good coach that gets a lot out of his teams.
0: He's kind of like Rick Mars, you know?
1: Yeah. You and I mean, as him? far as the, the choker label goes, what big game has he lost that he really should have won? Is the TCU game like you could say they probably should have won that one?
3: Uh, TCU, I mean, yeah. um, he got blown away last year against who? Georgia, Alabama. Who blew him away Georgia, last year?
1: Georgia blew him out. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he should have won that game. Do you? No, Georgia's a better team. Do you think Georgia can 3
3: threepeat? Taking a look at their schedule next year, it sets up for it. Unless they We're get the clipped in the playoffs, yeah. By far. I mean, they don't have to play Alabama, but, like, once or twice every 15 or 20 years. So, I mean, they've got it made, dude. They may play a worse schedule next year than Kentucky, and we and we hammer Kentucky constantly on the show about it.
0: Well, you look at Tennessee's schedule next year, though, it's, you still got the Georgia-Alabama factor, but the, the rest of the games out there are very winnable.
1: Yeah, I I will give Fulmer credit for the, the one thing he did decent while he was athletics director is get that foot, you know, move Georgia to the end of the season and, and break up that gauntlet that they were always running in October and make it a little more manageable.
0: You really think Fulmer did that?
1: Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he lobbied for that. I think that um, Pruitt probably did as well, but, you know, it it happened under his watch, so I guess he gets credit for it.
0: Well, it's amazing how Georgia, uh, the best quarterback they ever had, is uh, Bennett. And uh, I mean, this man—they uh, won two national championships in a row. I I just can't fathom that. I mean, that guy's a—he's a winner. That's all you can say.
1: You know, it's interesting what uh, Bender said there about teams that had won back-to-back championships, and it was Georgia. Uh, with Bender, Alabama with McCarron, and then I can't remember who the other team was there, but it was another guy. Tommy with Frazier. A, another, who?
0: Tommy Frazier.
1: I, I think it was after that, but it was another team with a pedestrian quarterback who who wasn't very good in the NFL, which is is interesting, right? You, you don't yeah, necessarily have to have the superstar no. QB to win.
0: Well, if you look at it, uh, Tennessee next year, that must... If uh, Jackson's leaving, he mustn't. Nick must be really damn good.
1: You think you just got a look at him in those bowl workouts and said, yeah, I'm not beating this guy out. I exactly. Do. But
0: they need to find something, uh, unless these uh, guys they got over there now can be a first-string quarterback.
1: You got to have some sort of insurance policy, don't you, Phil?
0: Yeah, you do, but – I take our, our, I'll take our two top quarterbacks over
1: anybody in the United States right now. would not you? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hard to imagine a much better situation than having Bazooka Joe and Nico Yama pajama back there.
0: One more thing, guys. Uh, I I got a bad feeling about this game tomorrow. I mean, historically, when Kentucky is backed in the corner against us, they come down here and kick our butt.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Phil sounding the alarm bells this afternoon on the drive. They,
0: they got two players. They got DeCiebway and they got uh, Cason Wallace, and that's it. The rest of the players are garbage. But they'll probably shoot 70% over there tomorrow and run Chris Lofton though.
3: I mean, they, they might. Cason Wallace, it remains to be seen. He's having like major problems with back spasms. No, is he? Yeah. We'll see i would be well potentially though. Probably.
1: Although, when you, have you ever had
3: those, anybody? Have you ever had those, Russ? Yes. They are not – I could not imagine no, trying I, to play I basketball
1: with them. I can't imagine walking down a hall, let alone playing basketball with, with that going on.
3: Is Topham playing for Kentucky
1: tomorrow? I don't know. He, he missed the South Carolina game. I don't think it matters. I don't think he's that good. No, but for them
0: to win, he has to perform. Yeah. And uh, uh, you say we're nineteen and one the last twenty games in the SEC.
1: Nineteen and one since they lost at Rupp last year in SEC play.
0: You think uh, Utah'll be happy about that? See, ya.
1: they called earlier. Seemed pretty happy to me, Russ. Yeah. What do you th- What do you think's going on there with Phil? Is he sandbagging a little bit, or do you think he's legitimately?
3: Oh, no, I mean legit. Same thing uh, same thing that Chris Lofton said. Same thing I feel like me and you have been saying, kind of trying to tell everybody to pump the brakes. I mean it's not like Kentucky's rolling in here with a bunch of one and two stars.
1: I mean I, I think Tennessee should win the game decisively. I, I'm not here's the difference and, and people want to make that you know South Carolina football game comparison. Everybody was talking about how South Carolina was was trash and Tennessee was going to win that game by 50. right. I don't think you know I, I think there's some people, some Tennessee fans you think we're gonna we're gonna win this game by 30 tomorrow. I don't think it's like that. I, I think Tennessee, whatever the line is saying, you know 14, 15 points, I think that's about what happens. I think we're just going to go out there and grind those dudes up.
3: That's kind of what it, that's what I th- I'm hoping for, and and that's what I think will happen. We'll see. You still got? I mean, you got to play
1: the game. You do have to play the game. We'll be live with you, voluntary reaction as soon as it's over on Twitter Spaces, probably about two p.m. tomorrow. Be sure to join us for that. Let's get Parker in here next on the big orange phillies phone lines hello parker
6: hey guys nothing like philly to, to really bring the sunshine out on a gloomy day to like today
1: um, i mean we call him radio prozac
6: <laughs> yeah, he, he can he can put a wet blanket on things um hey uh and and here's the thing and this is the difference between you know and i agree with it i completely get well, you know, we are cup check you for a reason. But here, here's what makes this basketball team different no team, no Tennessee team has put lockdown defense on anybody like this one.
1: No, I mean, I they're, mean, they're, they're is,
6: trending for historic like analytics on this.
1: Is there a world in which Tennessee's defense doesn't show up tomorrow? I just can't imagine. Sure.
6: I mean, there there is. I mean, but how many multiverses are there? I mean, you have to have <laughs> Doctor Strange for that. You know, but the real reason yeah. for my call was uh, your Jim Harbaugh uh, discussion. I, I'll ask you you guys this. Uh, each one of you, how do you rate Jim Harbaugh? Was is he great? Is he very good? Is he good? What? How, how would you describe him in
1: college? I think he's very good in both college and pro. Until he wins a championship, until he wins a, a national title or, or a Super Bowl, I think you have to put him just one step sh- uh, short of that great level, don't you?
6: So, so he's very good. Do you agree with that, uh, Bear?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a very good coach.
6: Okay. So let me ask you this. How would you describe Nick Saban in college?
3: Well, in college, I means he's the best. Yeah.
6: Iconic? He's... Yes. Okay, would you rather be iconic in one of them, college or pro, or very good in both?
1: I think I'd rather be iconic in one.
3: Yeah. Oh.
6: See, I think Harbaugh has a chance to be iconic in the pros more so than college.
1: Really? Because
6: and here's yeah, because here's the thing: the one, so what's the one thing he doesn't have to do in the pros?
3: Recruit recruit
6: so he gives more time and attention to coaching football
3: yeah but the thing about Harbaugh is he's kind of an odd duck and you can i think it's easier to be as weird as he is at the college level when you're dealing with kids than you can at the nfl level when you're dealing with grown men and it's a job
1: i kind of true
6: i'm just i'm just trying to figure it out myself and and what, you know, if I was him, I would do. But I guess it just depends on really what it is you want to do. Do you want to just coach football like Bill Belichick? That's all good. He doesn't want to deal with anything else. He just wants to coach football. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, those guys, they may not like this new NIL deal stuff, but they don't have a problem, and they kind of like the salesmanship of recruiting. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so, I hey guys, think you have a good weekend, Arbaugh thanks. might have a better chance of, like you're saying, becoming iconic in the NFL, just because as long as he's at Michigan, he's going to have to go through SEC teams to win national titles, and nobody in the Big Ten has shown they can do that except for Urban Meyer.
3: Yeah. Plus, I mean, just to get to the SEC, you got to make it through. And I realize he's had the number the past two years, but Ohio State's going to be loaded every year. I'm just
1: absolutely loaded. So, You're talking um, about a guy that was able to get to a Super Bowl with Kaepernick at quarterback. I mean, that's – Yeah, and really
3: maybe should have won that one. I mean, they had that furious comeback after the lights went out. So, what a wacky Super Bowl that yeah.
1: was. Uh, Parker, we got about a minute here. Anything else? No, he he dropped. You he didn't right. hear. Thank you, Parker. Appreciate the phone call. 865-546-8200. Setting up our number three of the show coming up. Uh, we wrap up. Your work week here on The Drive. We'll have more open lines. Marcus has your top five at five. When we continue, stay tuned. It is The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive.